Confessions of a Disney cast member, where every Friday I will be taking one of our favourite parts of the Disney parks and resorts and discussing its past, present and future. With a few news updates from the Disney Universal communities too, are we ready to dive into the magic? Well, let's do it. Hi, Chris. I'm so happy to have you here with me for this first discussion episode. Bro, thank you very much for having me. I know it's probably not what everybody's used to hearing. No one yeah, ever like, used so, to hearing it's like, it. Sophie's voice finally broke. I know. <laughs> <laughs> and she decided to turn Northern Irish instead of Scottish as well. <laughs> yeah. um, but no, just to give everyone um, a little instruction to Chris. Um, obviously, if you listen to this podcast, um, you'll know Sophie is normally my regular co-host on this podcast but um chris has been on the podcast a few times now with some of our group episodes and his own episode as well and so the episode numbers will be in the link to the description so if you enjoy hearing chris go and hear him some more in those episodes as well i think think, i think we did my my one my i think my episode came out like number five I think it was it's almost early. Been a year. Yeah, it it's, almost, it's, been a, it's been a while. So um, he's like, yeah, I think it's number it five, but he really knows it's number five. So <laughs> <laughs> I, I was like, I, I don't listen to it every day or anything, you know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but no. So basically, with um this episode in particular, like I said, not intro, we will normally be taking um a part of the parks or resorts, um something that we will enjoy talking about, and um, talk about where it began, what it is at now, and its future. Today, as we are celebrating the 50th anniversary of Walt Disney World which is just crazy like just yeah. saying it out loud is just mad no, um we, as we're celebrating a lot of this is going to be about what um the lead up to this 50th anniversary has been what the changes in the parks are um and we're going to start off with a little new segment that will be a weekly thing as well so Chris I mean we've got lots to talk about and like you said you can talk for Ireland so <laughs> I'm going to say let's get talking right <laughs> Yeah, I guess the first, I mean, sort of, we can start with my, my impressions of where, you know, the 50th and yeah. I think the fact that, you know, I watch, I don't really watch anything else these days other than like Disney vlogs. So I've kind of like seen a lot of stuff that, that they've been doing and the attention to detail, just in pure decoration around the park, specifically Magic Kingdom, Bradley, it's just been, yeah, it's been a testament to the quality that Disney always provides for these types of events. 100%. You, you, know, you don't expect nothing less. You don't. And I think as well, specifically in the context of what's happened over the past couple of years, there's not been much finances there to, to support these types of events. So the fact that they're doing so much has been, you know, like I said, a testament. And all I can say is I'm absolutely gutted that I'm not going to be there for today, that I'm obviously in Manchester. But luckily enough, I will be going back next April to actually get to see some of it. So I'm excited. Oh. Yeah. I'm so excited for you. Do you know what's crazy is I remember being on my on my CRP, my program, and saying, oh, do you know what? If I'm gonna do another program, I'm just gonna do my best to get it um for the 2021 for the 50th anniversary. Little did we know that we'd mm. still be like mid-pandemic, which is such a shame. But I think what's really nice to see is that as much as the parks have taken a huge, a huge hit and a huge loss, I mean Disneyland California was closed for a year. Yeah. Like that is ridiculous they've still put everything into it. Like, yes, some things have had to give, like the Mary Poppins attraction, a few other th- little things here and there. But I would say mostly, like, if we look at what the, like, at the D23 um, announcements that were made for the 50th anniversary a few years ago to what they're actually doing, a lot of it has stuck around. And not just in Magic Kingdom as well. You know, I think there was an announcement yesterday that I saw that the actual, the new neighbourhoods in Epcot are going to be announced from, from today on the 1st of October. And I think that that's, again, is really 
it, it, it describes how much of a focus they're putting into this this period and for the next yeah. 18 months because got to remember that it isn't just for today the, the right. 50th anniversary celebration will go on correct me if I'm wrong it is it for 18 months isn't it that's why so, yeah. yeah so all the different events etc but it's also I think that the wonderful thing that Disney do in terms of their organization of the release of different uh, attractions or events etc is to coincide with these really big me- um, pieces of work so yeah. there might be things that we get the experience with it before Christmas 2021 but throughout the 18 months you know there's still a very serious expectation that Tron the Tron light coaster be open within within the context of the celebration yeah which is a wonderful thing as well definitely I think it's really important again like you've mentioned this 18 month period and it's really important to note that even if COVID hadn't hit this was a planned celebration for quite a long period of time it was never going to be a five minute one day wonder like this is a huge probably the biggest I think since Disneyland's 50th probably um mm-hmm. I'd say um before we get into some of our 50th anniversary uh discussion as that is going to be the main topic of today there's a few things um that have been happening over the last week or two that um I want to bring up so the first thing anyone that has listened to this podcast before and if you haven't before welcome and um, you'll find out very shortly that I'm a very big fan of Finding Nemo the Musical um I don't know what blog put it out first was it WGWNT? Yeah, and to be fair, WWNT, he did end up retracting what was said and basically said that they got that they got it wrong and ended up saying that the actual well, I'll let you tell the news, but yeah, they they initially said um that it was going to be going away completely, didn't they? Yeah, I mean yeah. it was it was a huge shock because um I think for me, when I think of live entertainment at Disney other than the fireworks and parade mm-hmm. Festival of the Lion King and Finding Nemo the Musical as much as they're both in Animal Kingdom are probably the two main highlights I would say and even on this podcast when we ask in our quick five what, what's your favorite show it normally is Nemo or Lion King mm-hmm. so it's such a fan favorite and to just not bring it back at all like it's been closed since COVID to not give it a farewell was like what it was just it was gut-wrenching honestly I, um, I think it ties in with that piece as well doesn't it the- there was also the the big rumors that there was the reduction of cost of live entertainment and yeah. i think that the fact that disney are looking to well you know i'm kind of jumping the gun with the actual news stories no, <laughs> they're, no. looking, they're looking to revamp the revamp the, the show yeah and what essentially create a new, a new musical itself but it shows that they're still willing to invest in live entertainment exactly. and to be fair as well bradley that stage is and that theater is so big isn't it that they could that they couldn't just leave it empty that something no. was going to be in there and i'm personally i'm absolutely delighted that finding nemo the musical will still be homed there you know what's your thoughts on it on it having a bit of a revamp because i think the main part the main two things that i picked up on from disney parks blog when they did announce the next day i was like disney you are messing with my brain <laughs> um but the two things that i really noticed was that it said there was going to be new story material and that in the big blue world and go with the flow were going to remain i think off the top of my head, they're probably the two. I think just keep swimming as well. Um, are probably like the biggest songs in the show. Yeah. So I don't think for for me personally, even though I love the show so much, I would mind if some songs get taken out and new songs get added. I think it might be time for that. Um, and it's also something that we don't get in the Broadway West End musical theatre world. Like we, Wicked isn't going to chuck out two songs and put two new songs in. That's not no. going to happen. But because we're in a theme park, it's got more flex to do that and um, but what's what's your thoughts on it on it changing rather than just coming back as what it once was 
well, I think it's it's the aspect of, you know, I think there's such a classic era, a classic idea in this community of people who enjoy the parks is that something changes, it feels like the world's about to end. But but the wonderful thing that again Disney do is that when something changes, it may cause a lot of controversy. But eventually, the thing that re- that it replaces is 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 just as good, if not better. Yeah. So I'd have every confidence that any show that was going to be there instead would be better and would still be something that everyone would enjoy a lot too. I think it's really interesting, like you said, that in terms of the um, that that like classically live stage musicals don't normally have revamps, do they? No. I think it's an interesting point because and because it kind of ties in with with Disney itself. When did Disney ever really change live? on stage music i mean how long has festival of the lion king been there like it's that's what exactly i was thinking festival of the lion king has been it's been the same format since what the the early 2000s hasn't it yeah literally i didn't have changed it maybe some of the tech they've changed to make it more Mm -hmm. modern but i think it's pretty much been the same set list literally which do you know what it's because it works that's why they don't change it which i fully appreciate but it's exciting i as as someone who's a big fan of the show i'm excited to go and see something new it's again not about forgetting what once was it's about reimagining the current to make way for the future like and, think- and as well like bradley for question for you do you think that animal kingdom will really get a lot of focus and attention throughout the 50th no so doing this is a really good way to revamp and give some give give people give guests a new something new to go and see in Animal Kingdom, you know. Other than kite tails, but we'll get to that later. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I don't know um, how much you've done on, uh, like looked at Space 220, Chris, but what's your thoughts on that? I think it looks awesome. I think it looks brilliant. They started building it whenever I was on my second program and the concept and specifically where it is in that part of Future World, right beside Mission Space, it works so well. The theming looks incredible. It is um, managed by an outside third party that Disney use quite often as well for other restaurants around the resort. And it looks brilliant. I, um, I watched a vlog today around the type of food that's there. It looks really great. But I think the key aspect of that is that I think, I think obviously there's, there's going to be so much content in, in the parks and specifically in Epcot that Epcot is going to, is going to become very Disney centric and yeah. I, I intellectual property in the future. Which isn't which is a good thing. It maybe doesn't tie into what classic Epcot was, but this space two twenty restaurant feels very nineteen eighty two, nineteen eighty three. If that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. I, it's, it's a restaurant that's going to be going to take guests into 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 space and then the final frontier in the way that the park probably was kind of like aimed to do so. So I'm really excited to go back and see it. What I linked to um, that, what you just said is, and I actually wrote a, I did a whole module on tourism at uni and I wrote a whole essay about how like Tomorrowland for a period of time, I do think was stuck in the past a little bit. I think it needed to, I, I think it needed revamping before the revamp properly started. Um, and obviously now we have Tron coming, um, maybe like Space Mountain, I don't know, might get a refurb in the future. Mm-hmm. Um, but what, what Space 220 has done is give us hope that we can keep, we as much as these IPs are starting to like gain fruition in the parks, yeah. we can still have this classic like memento feeling at attractions because even though it's a restaurant, it still is an attraction, definitely yeah. in the parks. I, I, I think that, I'll be honest, I do think it's quite pricey, um, which doesn't make it as like accessible to 
as many guests as I probably would have hoped it to. But yeah. again, it's one of those things. It's like Cinderella's Royal Table, Be Our Guest. It's an experience. You're not going to go to a Disney park as a regular guest and go to Be Our Guest, Cinderella's Royal Table, Space 220, California Grill. Like you're not going to, you got, it's sort of the thing where you pick an experience and you go and experience it, which is what I think they're sort of going for. And I think it's something that, it's the first proper expansion of what new future world will be as well. So it's a good point you make around accessibility. I will, it will have what I assume Disney's aim is, is to have different guests and different parts of future world. Cause whenever you go to Epcot for the next few years, you can probably go to the attractions in future world, but what else are you going to be able to do in future yeah. world? I love future world. It's probably one of my favorite areas of any park. And I think the, the spread of guests over the next 18 months will be a really big piece for Disney. Definitely. And so if, so if it isn't as accessible, what else are they going to be able to do in Epcot that will spread that, spread that guest um, traffic around? And as well, though, Bradley, a point to mention is with Space 2020, how many other um, full-service dining areas and restaurants are there in Future World? Yeah. There aren't many, are there? No. You know, so there's um, there's the way, uh, oh, what do you call Nemo's in in sea in the in the sea oh. friends the wave. Oh no, what is no. it called? Um, oh, coral reef. Coral reef. Coral that's reef. It. So that's that's one. how memorable it is. <laughs> <laughs> no, I've never been before. I couldn't. I couldn't comment. But obviously, you've got coral reef on the west side. Yeah. And on the east side, you'll have PS220, which are both perfectly themed for the areas. So um, definitely. And if it if it does have the the reward of splitting guest traffic, making sure the ride, you know, um, lines are shorter, then that'll be great too. I agree. I agree. Um, a couple of other news things. So one is that Coco is uh, coming to Phil Our Magic. I know that Phil, Phil Our Magic is one of your favourite attractions. Am I right in saying? Well, yeah. I mean, I my, it's my mum's favourite probably uh, okay. in like Fantasyland and majority of Magic Kingdom. So it's got a bit of a thing in my family. But I, I worked on it as well yeah i can't believe how, how nice is that that i go straight to it's my mum's favorite ride before i crack on my ego and say that i used to work there <laughs> 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 but i i think that this specifically is so so eventually initially the story was going to be that the whole film magic was going to be revamped wasn't it right yeah yeah, yeah. and but the, because of obviously the the entertainment cost restrictions um due to the pandemic the the fact that they're still willing to put focus on, on Philharmagic and an attraction in fan, in old Fantasyland as well. It's not necessarily new Fantasyland, no. but old Fantasyland is a really great thing to do. Um, and I I absolutely love Coco. Coco is probably my my favorite Pixar movie. Amazing. So I think it's really good to that. Though, is there? Do you think there's an element of you know all the all the all the all the scenes that are in Philharmagic at the moment? Are they not quite? Disney, classic Disney and Renaissance. Is it a bit weird to have a Pixar scene in in new in old Fantasyland? Just as pure devil's advocate, I don't necessarily think that's the case. But what do you think? I haven't thought about that. I mean, Toy Story Two um, was it is does have a cameo with Wheezy in Phil Magic already, um, but it is more of a cameo than anything. Mm. Um, but I. That's a good point and something to think about because I feel like so far, correct me if I'm wrong, but Pixar really only has a place in Hollywood studios, right? 
Yes, I'm trying to think off the top of my head. I mean, you've got a lot of there's a lot of there's the up meet and greet and the um and the up bird show against Ratatouille just coming to France. Ratatouille and Epcot, well. and yeah. yeah, and then but in studios, obviously, it's very much dedicated to that. So maybe this Batman. is maybe this is actually a slow step into Pixar becoming a bigger part of the parks as time goes on. And and to be fair, again, you know, I, like I said earlier on, the people can argue that you know it's if Disney changed one thing. The whole world goes on fire, but yeah. change people don't need to necessarily need to be scared of change. And Pixar is a massive property that Disney owns. Yeah. Why not encourage it to be in there? Disney purists may argue: Do we nest? Does the theme? Does the theming of Pixar really suit Old Fantasyland? Old Fantasyland, one of the first places that opens, and those buildings have been there since 1971. Exactly. You know, but it's 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 a it's um a catch twenty two. Either you're not going to be able to please everybody. So in that sense. I think that it's a good thing. I think that it's a really good property to be able to use in Filler Magic. And I bet you on that wide 360, well, it's not 360, pardon me, but like 180, 270 screen, it is going yeah. to look gorgeous. I think so too. I really will. Do you think they'll use Remember Me? Well, so apparently it's Umpokoloko, which oh, I, really? which I think is fun. I just love Remember Me so much. So I would have, mm. I would have loved it to be Remember Me. But um, yeah, apparently it's Umpokoloko. So do you know what? I'm when you have an attraction like Filler Magic that does bring people in still, it doesn't need anything done to it. The fact that the company are still giving and still thinking, no, let's give this the attention it deserves, even if it can't be an entire refurb for now. Let's just let's just test the waters and see what something new brings to the attraction. Mm-hmm. That's and, amazing. It's so and, great. And it's something new for people to see because you know we'll go on to a lot of it, the detail and the content of the of the parks it, around the 50th is a lot of decoration centric. Yeah. In terms of the attractions, there's not had the opportunity to really push forward and have attractions ready to go for the for the fiftieth. However, this is something that's completely brand new that people will be able to see as well. Definitely. Mm-hmm. Um, and just to say that we'll be coming to Walt Disney World in Christmas 2021. Mm-hmm. So not too long to wait and see that. Mm-hmm. Um, final piece of news, and again, this sort of does time the 50th stuff, but um, again, I was just having a browse on a Disney Parks blog and wanted to mention that Main Street Confectionery has reopened on September 29th. Have you seen the pictures of it, Chris? No, no, I haven't actually, but I did hear about the um the new the new branding and the deals that they're going to have there with yeah. um M and M's and Skittles, which is I very, love that. Yeah, it's it quite cool, so isn't good. it? Yeah, actually, well, we're I will look them up right now because I, I think that I should have done that earlier. No, <laughs> I, do you know what? I think it just I think that Main Street Confectionery really just is one of my favorite parts of Disney World. Like just going in. You, you already do get that essence of feeling like a little kid when you go into Disney World, but to go into this sweet shop, not just any sweet shop, a sweet shop that has Mickey Rice crispy cakes and Mickey Pops mm-hmm. and um, and all this like Disney confectionery around you in this very beautifully presented building. Um, it's gorgeous, isn't it? It just, yeah. it just gives you everything. And to, again, it's one of these things, they didn't need to add this, um, this M&M and Skittle um wall i think has 38 varieties um i'm just i'm just super oh yeah super it looks it looks, cool, it looks right? incredible yeah it looks yeah. really cool i think that the wonderful thing about the confection reopening is that it kind of marks correct me if i'm wrong but it kind of marks the the last thing on main street to reopen yeah following pandemic because casey's corner reopened you know obviously the um the emporium was open for quite a long time the ice cream parlors reopened recently over summer and now with the confectionery reopening as well 
that's the majority of the very key guest areas that people will want to see on Main Street whenever they first walk in. So that's really good news. 100%. Well, that's all of our news for the last couple of weeks. Like I said, that's something we'll be doing every week. So whatever's going on in the Disney or Universal community, we'll just be highlighting those before we get into our discussion. So Chris, let's talk about the 50th anniversary. And I think a good place to start is with one of the biggest announcements, I think, as much as it's not something that's physically in the parks, but that is Genie Plus. Mm-hmm. What's your initial thoughts on Genie Plus? I mean, it's a controversial topic, isn't it? Because I think the, the, the FastPass service is very distinctive and it always, it always, in my opinion, as a kid, it very much distinct, it set Disney out as a differentiator against other tourist attractions and tourist places in the United States and, and in Europe. Um, part of me is, if you recall me, the, the Disney purist and Disney fan that I am, I'm not the biggest fan of it because of the fact that they always added so much more to what is already a, a, a decently priced holiday. Um, yeah. Right. A decently costed holiday, probably ways to describe it. However, at the end of the day, my devil's advocate in me says look at what disney is look at how much disney is invested in the parks yeah from 2014 roughly or sorry pardon me 20 whenever new fantasy land opened i think it was in 2011 through until 2021 we've seen new fantasy land we've seen pandora we've seen um galaxy's edge toy yeah. story land there's never the amount of cost that this is probably gone into gone into disney and well in parks and resorts and specifically has now turned around and said well the the consumer is probably going to have to pay for it yeah and this is it's as simple it's, it's as basic as that and maybe that's very much my business head on top of things as a as a, as a guest going back you know it's not it's going to make things it's going to make, make things slightly you know more difficult in terms of are we going to be able to be as organized as guests going into the parks in the previous in the in the previous three months before whenever we have our um our vacation additionally though this this is a really big step forward from what my disney experience was supposed to be yeah. my disney experience was introduced not necessarily as the be all and end all but to prove that disney could use digital technology in the parks and i for one i'm very very keen on the whole of society moving into the digital age yeah with that in mind if you're able to have live updates on um, uh, live, more accurate updates on ride queues, if you're able to get the, the types of rides that you want, uh, depending on the paid service you want to pay, if you're able to, you know, attach your my Disney, the, the photo, the photo photography, do all the things that my Disney experience did and more, yeah. I only think it's a good thing. I think that again, we'll probably see a lot of bad publicity around it for the first sort of, few months that comes in probably a lot of technical hitches but over time as people get used to it then of course it's going to be a hopefully a good thing i yeah i think that people went a little bit witch hunty on the situation i think well let's i think the best way to do this is to break down because there's three components to disney genie yeah Um, yeah i think it's we probably need to explain yeah so so yeah, basically, if you're listening, I'm sure you probably will know what Disney Genie slash Disney Genie Plus is. If you don't, it's basically a new um, addition to My Disney Experience. It's not going to be its own app, is it? It's going to be inside the My Disney Experience app, I believe. 
So I, my understanding was it will be inside that app, but yeah. Disney, but it's now, what, what was Disney's, my Disney experience is now going to be Genie Plus. Right. And then you have the Lightning Lane, which yes. is FastPass Plus. So there are, so the branding of it, it's essentially the same sort of system, yeah. essentially the same sort of app and using you on your laptop but it won't no longer be called my Disney experience, I thought. So, well, TBC, I don't, I'm, yeah, not TBC yeah, yeah. I'm not 100% sure on that. And I don't, by the looks of things online, I don't think anyone's really 100% sure yet if we're mm-hmm. completely losing my Disney experience and if Genie is going to take over. Um, but Disney Genie, to me, basically, in a nutshell, is my Disney, the, the, the first, this is the first layer. So Disney Genie, not Disney Genie Plus, is my Disney experience minus the fast passes that you can currently book three a day for with my disney experience so um they are advertising it as a complimentary in-app planning tool um you can create your own theme park itinerary which is a new addition i'm a big list person so like i love i love making like list on my a list on my notes of like okay this between this hour and this hour we're going to do this this hour this hour we're going to do this depending on who i'm with is whether i'm like really open about the fact i've got that list because <laughs> some people find that really weird um, See, we, we don't normally make lists i think but i think that because we me and my family have been going for so long yeah that we kind of just you know. have a second thought but definitely, if this is your first trip, that aspect of it is really useful, really, really useful. And I think that's, that is a real positive as well. And I think that alone will help people who are first-time Disney goers create a more, I don't know what the word is, um, catered for experience. Like some people don't want to ride yeah. thrill rides. Some people don't want to ride small, like dark rides. So but the thing is, Bradley, that ties in so well with, whenever I you know so we're going away next year with my my sister's fiance um who's a who is never been to Disney Park before in his early 30s he's expecting thrill ride thrill ride thrill ride and the way that I'll always describe what these parks is it isn't just that you're going to be going and standing getting on a roller coaster and going to the next place some some people might think there is just so much to do yeah and a lot of the experience that people have in these parks your very own very lovely co-host herself she's not necessarily sophie's not necessarily a big big into the rides no for a lot of people it is going and taking in the atmosphere and it is going to the restaurants and the shops etc etc so my disney experience lent itself to organization of your rides but if there's a facility on genie plus to organize your day away from the rides again like i said and you've put it perfectly it's it's self-catering yeah it is and uh, like something else that they're saying is that you'll be able to receive personalized recommendations and the way that i saw that was for anyone that has apple music when you join up to apple music you can click like your favorite like artists that you like and then you get new like a playlist that is like curated for you for new artists that you can discover so even for me i might i mean i did yeah i lived there for a year but like there's going to be things that i still haven't done in the parks that actually might end up coming my way through disney genie so it can open doors for disney keynotes as well in my opinion and as well i like i said earlier on you know i'm i'm almost quite wor- not worried obviously not worried because i ver- have a lot of faith in where i'm going to but going back to the parks this will be my first vacation since april 2019 yeah. that'll be three years hollywood studios could will be a, aesthetically a very different park yeah. So in that sense, I'm quite. I'm gonna be going with a lot of new eyes, and I. Yeah. This will be like, you know, I've been going since I was about four years old. 
So even for Disney Kinos, there's so so much new stuff to see Definitely. every single year you go back, especially if you're coming from the UK. Yeah. And even for the guys who live who live within 15 minutes and all the yeah. bloggers who live within Central Florida, and I'm exactly. sure a lot of listeners as well. So having that facility there to personalize, almost like Google cookies, isn't it? Yeah. As well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. which is quite a quite cool way of looking at it. Definitely. Um, yeah. And again, to, as much as the fast pass is coming, like the the complimentary fast pass system is coming away from the free side of Disney Genie, um, you will be able to track wait times based on your interests. And the fact that they use the word track tells me that you'll be able to get notifications. Um, and also you'll be able to check in for standby dining queues from the app as well, um, which is something that you can't do. You need to have a reservation on My Disney Experience. So as much as we are losing a huge part of the My Disney Experience app and something that as a cast member and a guest, I loved having access to, I don't think it's the end of the world. We've seen that with standby queues only during COVID, people actually had more access to rides. And the fact that fast passes aren't as accessible might mean that the standby queues move quicker. Yeah, and I, I think a really big move towards this was that we didn't mention in the news, but is important in, in, and is relevant to Deep Genie Plus, is the rise of the resistance um, virtual queue has gone yeah. away yeah. because it will most likely go to another component that you might want to explain, which is the the lightning lane. Yeah. But the um, I highly describe it. The, the very much what is classically seen as the e-ticket attractions will be their own separate price. The likes of Rise of the Resistance yeah. or um, Flight of Passage, for example, you will probably, if you want to ride those, will probably have to pay. I think Disney advertised it as a um a fifteen dollar expense. Yeah. Get through the Lightning Lane for those attractions. Um, what do you think of that aspect that the, the classically e-ticket attractions won't necessarily will almost have their own separate payment process is that something that you understand as a person who, who i don't really like it or... because i think it actually down downplays how good some of the attractions are um like i think already people categorize the mountains against the small dark rides that have been there for years like small world country by jamboree things like that against things like space mountain and thunder mountain yeah. and now we're having this another layer this other layer which yeah deep down we all know that that rides like flight of passage and rise of the resistance are technologically so much more advanced than some of the older rides or some of the rides that aren't as um i don't want to use the word immersive because they are but aren't as I guess expensive maybe and this is my what I was thinking is it's very much a return of the investment yeah um, that, that, um, and what needs to come back in terms of in terms of cost and expenditure which is it's just this basic business model um I think so too you know? I think uh, one thing I do want to clarify for anyone listening is that you can still ride these attractions and stand in the standby queue yeah. without lightning lane and um, just to I I'm conscious that I could talk about this forever. So I'm just going to quickly um, flash through what Disney Genie Plus um, gives mm -hmm. a guest as well. Um, so it is Disney Genie Plus, which is the addition to Genie, is replacing Fast Pass in Walt Disney World and Max Pass in Disneyland over in California. However, I do feel like that Genie Plus, I don't know if you've used Max Pass in California, Chris, but I feel like Max Pass is quite similar to Genie Plus. Well, so, well, this is the thing, isn't it? Sorry, just did, before you go on yeah. and explain into it, that you know, pay, paid fast passes is, is, isn't exactly necessarily a thing of a brand new thing. You know, no. used to pay, you, you know, you used to have to pay per ride back whenever the 
whenever the resort opened exactly for example, you know. exactly um so Walt disney world it's 15 dollars per person to um to access disney genie plus and 20 dollars per person in disneyland to access disney genie plus this gives you front of line access so you can pick one attraction you'd like to go to the front of the line for you can only pick another ride once you've finished on the current similar to the roll on after three my disney experience fast passes or the traditional paper fast passes as well this can be purchased in advance reservations can't be made until 7 a.m on the day of visiting the park and then the addition to that which i think is where people started to get frustrated was that uh, lightning lane is a separate it's a bit confusing because lightning lane is the new fast pass lane that you can use with genie plus but then lightning lane is also the name of the additional cost if you want to get a fast pass for ratatouille flight of passage distance so it is a little bit confusing but that's basically it in a nutshell i.e you pay for the lightning lane on ride resistance but you're but then you could have a genie plus or fast pass yeah and walk through the same queue line exactly and there's the confusion can build and i know i i've heard that the um the cast members themselves have been trained up on it already so it is pretty much in a good position to get started yeah it, it was interesting that they've not wanted to bring it in for the start of the 50th definitely you know and and actually get it going but but yeah i think that i think that people it, it's a very polarizing topic and the very simple thing is that getting rid of wishes is polarizing and look what we got we got happily ever after so yeah exactly <laughs> i think again it's about we've we've had what we've had let's see whatever the future brings and at the end of the day we've still got the disney parks intact they're still open we can still go and enjoy them it's just going to be a new way of enjoying the parks and i do believe and i do hope that the disney um imagineers and the disney company have our best interests at heart at the end of the day mm-hmm. um, so i'm sure that whatever happens with genie um will grant us all of our wishes there we go that was my good <laughs> client <That's> <laughs> the, the best in the business ladies and gentlemen right there. <laughs> um so um so something you mentioned to me chris which i couldn't find any pictures of i don't know if i was typing in the wrong thing online but <laughs> it's the new paint job on the disney world entrance sign so the new so it, essentially it is to, to bring on um i think that as as, as sim, in a simplest term there's going to be a brand new disney aesthetic in terms of a, a uh, what's the word consistent paint theme yeah. across the whole of the resort which is very very classic disney using colors to really emphasize the, not only the, the the beauty of what they're painting but also the theming and the consistent yeah. theming across the play, across the entire parks it was very much the thing that john hench which i'm sure most people know about who john hench was yeah. is very keen on using and it's quite ironic because i'm colorblind so i've got no idea right <laughs> no way so i'm like i, I, I didn't see any pictures and you're like i couldn't tell anyway so no i know so <laughs> so i watched um if anybody out there you know mickey views is a wonderful place for going for these types of updates and and the the, the new paint job on the Walt disney world entrance has been something that's been working on throughout the pandemic yeah um it's to use what is called millennial pink maybe millennial yeah millennial gold. rose gold it was rose gold rose gold yeah so I'll, I'll bring that back in so yeah they're really focusing on throughout the pandemic on the new color theming and it started off with the with the new walt disney world entrance which is going to be very much a rose gold aesthetic nice you start to move through um through into different other areas of the of the resort another area where they're where they're doing quite a, a little bit of updates which is quite nice to see is of course the grand floridian 
um, simple things such as doormats, which yeah. for people who aren't massive Disney keynotes, and maybe people may just think, oh, it's just a doormat, but it's those tiny details that really emphasize the, um, the, the, the wonder and the, and the emphasis of what it's like to be immersed in the resort. Yeah. And people have to remember, maybe not the Grand Floridian, the Grand Floridian came a few years after, um, but of course the Polynesian, um, it's its 50th anniversary. And also, it's the 50th anniversary for Contemporary, too. Yeah. So what's going on there? Um, yeah, so Contemporary has got some... I actually have to... I want to backtrack and just say that Sophie absolutely lulled when um, you re- you said that we should talk about doormats. So... <laughs> <laughs> I think it's... Uh, do you know what? I'm all about a new doormat, so I'm I'm here for it. Um, I mean, literally, it's like... It's a very... I think I think it's literally like the only thing they're doing in the Grand Floridian, though. Yeah. Literally, like, oh, way, like, but, but um, but, but yeah. obviously, over at the Polynesian Contemporary, there are some new things happening. So, um, I'm such a big Moana fan. I cried so much when I first that movie because I was so overwhelmed at how incredible it was. Um, so there are new new Moana inspired rooms. Um, so a couple of the details that have been outlined are a Pacific Ocean paint palette and a sandy ocean floor inspired tile. Mm-hmm. Um, there's loads of hidden characters around as well, and I think they've done a really good job of not making it look tacky um but also feeding into um like the family friendly character rooms as well which some of the deluxe resorts are missing a little bit so i'm really glad that they've taken that on and also over at the contemporary similarly there are incredible rooms that are taking this monorail motif um, and blending that with the incredibles a sleek um style and again, having these subtle character additions to the room. I'm not, I'm pretty sure, I don't want to, I don't want to quote this, but I'm pretty sure the Moana rooms are available to stay in now. I think the incredible rooms are still being built. From from what I've seen from the people who have gone to stay in them, I've not seen anybody staying in, in an incredible room so far, but I have seen yeah. people stay in in um Moana rooms. And the I think opinion? it's, do I they, think it's really, they like the rooms? Yeah, well, they look, I mean, I think, Again, it's that classic argument, isn't it? Disney purist versus Disney change person. Yeah. It's like the Polynesian is very much mid seventies, been there for so long, and the and the aesthetic is has maintained that in a wonderful yeah. way for fifty years. When you say it like that for fifty years, it's a very big feat, isn't it? Yeah. But they always need to continuously update, and continuous improvement is so important for them. And these rooms do look; the, these rooms will will provide that, and they do look really good. One thing I will say about the Moana rooms is that it really, I really did get like, when I, I, I was lucky enough to stay in one of the new Coronado rooms and one of the new Pop Century rooms when I was on my programme. And looking at the pictures, I was a little bit like, this does look very similar to one of those rooms, just a little bit bigger. So I'm hoping in person, because when I walked into the Polynesian room, I literally walked in gasped when I, again I was lucky enough to stay in the Polynesian rooms and literally said to my friends I need to call my mum and show her because it, <laughs> I was so blown away by how beautiful it was yeah so I'm hoping that they've still at the end of the day as much as all the resorts should be as epic as they can be I'm hoping it does still have that extra wow factor that, that at the end of the day you're paying a lot more money to send a deluxe resort so we should be getting that extra bit of sparkle you know yeah for sure um let's jump into the first park that we're going to talk to out of two today which is magic kingdom now i know that you um had some things that you picked up on chris so do you want to jump yeah. into the magic kingdom 50th anniversary magic so a lot of again like i was mentioned earlier on a lot of it is very much around the aesthetic maybe not so much as the parks and the, sorry the attractions themselves so yeah. just to list off a few different things that have been 
different as we come into the into the 50th anniversary yeah brand new um new 50th anniversary banner outside of of main, main, main magic kingdom station which of course was going through a massive refurb yeah. over the past couple of years too there's a beautiful mickey and mini topiary which is right in front of the station which is going to be a really good picture opportunity for people as they as they come into the parks um really interestingly considering it is also what people need to remember um not so scary season of course it is no longer called not so scary but so what's interesting is obviously they're going to have the fall decorations or automatic decorations for everybody over here but they're not going to be the classic mickey pumpkins there's a lot of cinderella castle aesthetic yeah which is quite cool um I guess that goes along with quite like the Regal Royal um, vibe that they're going for. Like we're going to talk about the uh, Fab 50 statues in a little bit, but Mm -hmm. it's, it's again, coming away from this tacky in your face Disney and saying we can still be a Disney park without shoving Mickey Mouse in your face every five seconds. You know, we love him, but like we can also have subtle Disney as well. And I think it's quite love, lovely, (laughs) lovely. Yeah. It's a good way to describe it. Um, in town center having that type of uh, that type of disney decorate decor is yeah. really quite thematic to that part of the park and that and the disney world as a and magic kingdom specifically wasn't necessarily opened as a mickey mouse you know theme park it was opened with the very much a thought around um cinderella's castle old street yeah. Mar- old, old classic marshall in missouri and the spokes of adventure land through tomorrowland as well so having that aspect of it, you know, take, stepping away from Mickey's not so scary and into autumn, what is probably seen as classic Disney world and the, and the classic Disney parks uh, signs, um, sign or what's the word, main focal point is Cinderella's yeah. castle. Yeah. Disney parks at main focal point isn't, isn't Mickey Mouse and no. it's, it is Cinderella's castle. Yeah. I think it's yeah. really good that it's Cinderella's castle specifically is getting deserve yeah definitely yeah so and in, in, in addition to that we also have a lot of of course mer- merchandise and you know specifically a big thing that i'm quite interested in is the magic bands yeah. i don't you know i i a lot you know we have a lot of friends that are very much into their disney merchandise i'm not as big into my disney merchandise as i would be the attractions but i do love the magic band yeah. <laughs> and i must admit that the magic bands look awesome and specifically they're quite tied in with old attractions I can't remember specifically which ones are on there, but there are some magic bands that have old style attractions on them as the decoration. Well, I had, um, that was quite an exclusive thing at one point where I had like a Tiki Room magic band when I was on my program and that was like a limited edition one, but it's really nice that they're realizing that people actually do love the old attractions and do want to represent those as they're going around the parks. And I think the, one, the thing is about the entire celebration is that there is going to be an element of nostalgia for a lot of people you know my grandparents went for the first time as i mentioned on my um my personal blog in the 80s in the 80s i know a lot of my friends are the same we did our programs in 2016 17 and 18 so yeah there's such a strong element of nostalgia for people and disney tapping into that isn't a bad thing and if these magic bands can be that tiny way better that they do it then it's, it's only a good thing for me what's really really great as well uh, in terms of the decoration as we mentioned a couple of times is the mary blair touches across the parks yeah. and across the across the contemporary for anybody that doesn't know mary blair had a very serious it was it was an artist that worked for disney in around like the, the 1960s and in the 70s and she had a very very distinct 
type of, uh, of art, but it was also very influential in the design specifically of the contemporary. There's a, lo a wonderful big um, motif. Uh, is that, that's the word, isn't it? Motif? I think so, yeah. Uh, that Mary Blair designed that is essentially the, 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 the bottom to the top floor of the contemporary. And they've tapped into quite a lot of that in the hub specifically on the Main Street turrets. Yeah. There's arguments I've seen that people aren't really, that don't really believe that that taps into the theming of, of the hub and of Mean at Magic Kingdom. Personally, for me, I think it's a wonderful touch. That I think so too. And again, it's, a, it's again like honing in on those, on the things that aren't just obvious Disney. Like, yes, mm -hmm. they still need to be there. And we go to the parks to see all of these things that we expect at Disney World, but also things like odes to legends and and classic tales and stories you know it's it's really mm -hmm. refreshing to know that disney aren't just focusing on the obvious yeah exactly and i think that specifically with her and her influence on walt disney world not necessarily just the contemporary and much kingdom but walt disney world because like i mentioned earlier on john hench and his focus on colors mary blair and her, fo her focus on quite out there aesthetic and yeah. I think the Disney World has done that right up until, you know, you, you, you just have to look at what Joe Rhodes did to Pandora yeah. to understand that out, out there aesthetic and out of this world aesthetic is uh. at the core of Disney World, not just of the contemporary. And just to wrap up on a few things um, in Magic Kingdom. So there is a new Tomorrowland walkway. Um, I don't know where exactly that is being built, Chris, do you? I think from where I saw it, that because of where Toronto is being built, yeah, they're having to redesign where the main street, uh, the main street train, train, and the Magic Kingdom train runs through. So right. my understanding is it's going to be behind Space Mountain, where okay. the connection is through up into um, in the New Fantasyland. So past Speedway. Yeah, exactly. Because you've seen all the construction around there. Yeah, that makes sense for that to to has to be redesigned. I'm just, do you know what, as much as I'm excited to ride Tron, I'm just super excited to have another part of the park to go to. Like, mm -hmm. I feel, and actually question, is it going to be a part of Tomorrowland? Is that the plan? Yeah, it will be a Tomorrowland attraction. Interesting, because I feel mm -hmm. like it feels a little bit distant from Tomorrowland, but... Yeah, it's very, it it, 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 it sort of looks back to what you actually think Tomorrowland is. Is Tomorrowland a, a, a future world in the 1970s yeah. or is it all is it a, is it all a consistently growing aspect of what we believe in the today the future looks like exactly so i kind of like that balance isn't it and i think that tron in itself as a movie and as a as an attraction is it's always like that it's always it going to be very, very very classically futuristic isn't it Definitely. Um, we like we said earlier, we've got no um like definite update of when that is arriving, but it is planning to arrive within eighteen months. Um, Let, let's think positively. It'll be March next year. So yeah, hopefully <laughs> we'll see. They've been building it for a while, so who knows? Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. I, I'm, I'm hoping for you, Chris. Um, and yeah, just finally on Magic Kingdom area, um, there is a new scene being added to the infamous water pageant which i'm very very excited for katie if you're listening i'm so buzzing for you because it's going to be wonderful awesome aspect of it though new score which is going to be this the the um like the score and like the celebratory score of the entire 50th anniversary i did not know will, that yeah 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 which will also tie into harmony to um enchantment as well oh that's so exciting 
I mean, that does tie. I, I said that was the last thing in Magic Kingdom. The last thing that we need to say on Magic Kingdom is that Enchantment is coming. Um, Enchantment is the, if you don't know, where have you been? Are you sleeping under a rock? Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, yeah, Enchantment is the new firework nighttime spectacular that is going to be coming to the Magic Kingdom from today which is so exciting um the spectacle will extend down main street usa which is the first time this ever happened with projection mapping um which i'm super super excited for because i absolutely loved what they did with happily ever after um, question on that bradley where are yeah. you going to stand this is the thing <laughs> this is the thing like the thing is i'm normally like okay i'll do one night in each park and i can see the see the fireworks or see the nighttime show mm-hmm. but I'm going to need to do at least two nights now in Magic Kingdom on my next trip because I'm going to I'm I have to stand at like the main street station and I also have to stand up close at the partner statue and and time. then will people still stand in Fantasyland because that was always a very popular place to stand for for both wishes and yeah. Ever after. yeah so um it'll be interesting to see what where, where that is but what's nice is that it's going to organically spread people out like happily yeah. ever after everyone wants to be as close as possible this they, they obviously realize like oh god there's so many trees in <laughs> in, in the main square like we need to sort this out um but we're going to see characters like moana tiana luca um and wreck it ralph along with a confirmed tinkerbell as well um, and the new song will be you are the magic by philip lawrence as well who is a seven-time grammy award winner so i, I are you excited for enchantment chris i think it's gonna be great oh i yeah obviously i'm as i was whenever wishes went i'm devastated to see happily ever after go but it's again it's another it's another development from what the uh, projection mapping did for the yeah. castle doing that down main street correct me if i'm wrong but there the the, sh- the main show that happens in disneyland has c- had correction mapping as sorry um project projection mapping as well doesn't it in yes. disneyland california yeah and i've seen videos of it and it looks absolutely amazing so yeah. i think that this is only going to be a, a brilliant aspect of the, of the celebration of, of, of the um of the 50th do we think that because as much as happily ever after is retired do we think that happily ever after will ever come back I personally think that the amount of focus on enchantment and how much I bo- I would assume the funding that's going in, into enchantment is going to be so much that it, I don't necessarily think that Happy Ever After will come back. Additionally, I th- I understand that Happy Ever After, cost-wise and from, um, from the amount of fireworks that they use, was just so much. Yeah. And it, it, it cost them a lot of money projection mapping is a lot more is a lot cheaper yeah and we mightn't see as many fireworks but the show in front of our eyes and right beside us and rather than the skies will look amazing we're looking just magical my hope i wouldn't i won't say prediction because i don't think it'll actually happen but my hope is that what they might do is replace the i don't know once upon a time will still be happening or if if it's been a thing of the past for a while but where once upon a time used to be i would i would happily watch a fireworkless show of happily ever after after enchantment late at yeah, night that's a great idea a great move so yeah disney yeah. you're listening <laughs> um so obviously the next thing on the agenda is i don't want to call epcot the other main park and i'm not going to because that is not the case but it's at least the other centric part of the 50th celebration i'd say right yeah and i suppose as well if my maths is correct uh, it is the 39th anniversary of Epcot 
well, on today, of course, is the 39th anniversary as well, because you think about it, 50 minus 11, obviously, yeah, got open 11 years after the yeah. United Kingdom did. So yeah. it is it is still a momentous occasion for Epcot. And if we've got to remember that the, the idea of Walt Disney World was born out of, a de, out of a desire to create Epcot first, Walt Disney wanted to create the experimental prototype community of tomorrow okay. before they wanted to create a, a magic a Disneyland on the East Coast. That's the so, thing, because it, it was a replica almost, wasn't it, of what was over in California. So I think mm-hmm. what... I, I do think that as much as we're 39 isn't necessarily a milestone number, I do still think no. that it play it is playing and evidently playing a huge part of the 50th celebrations. Um, exactly. Let's start with the new names of the different um, of the different sections of Epcot. So obviously, World Showcase is remaining as our 11 pavilions. Mm. No new no news on any new pavilions. Which I remember back on my program in 2017, we were all the speculation was so rife of like, is there going to be a Brazil pavilion? Is there going to be a Spain pavilion? Will they expand Africa? And here we are, four years later, 50th anniversary, no new pavilion. Do you think that will ever happen? Yeah, I do. I think that there's too much space around the the, the World Showcase itself to not have another one. Yeah. And I think that there's the attraction of another culture. However, part of me is very wary, that, excuse me, that the I, that the I, that of, of what I know obviously we're going to come on to, but Harmonious itself. Mm-hmm. Uh, Harmonious is very much to celebrate the the Disney World around the world yeah and this I've only heard bits of the score through the parks blog but it look it sounds amazing yeah but if you think about it um and they just announced Encanto is it is Encanto is that how you Encanto yeah yeah, yeah yeah so Encanto's just coming out very much Spanish great really. great um accent there I was just like Encanto in my essay <laughs> <accent. laughs> I, I was just trying to get out my Spanish degree every single time I can Bradley don't you worry <laughs> like, I have a Spanish degree woo <laughs> <laughs> so like, yeah so Encanto is coming out and that is a perfect way that if there's really if the music around Encanto is very is going to be part of Harmonious in the future any updates to that to create synergy a Spanish pavilion would be a perfect aspect to incorporate that too and you know if you go around the world showcase correct me if I'm wrong but every single pavilion has a movie or therefore a song that's attached to that pavilion pretty much so correct me if I'm wrong, but Encanto. I'm guessing Encanto is Spain, right? That is the it's a Sp- in, set in Spain. I think I, th- I think it's going to be set in Spain. It's very much Encanto means I love you in Spanish, right? Um, well, I love in pardon me in Spanish, and I we see somebody's going to completely correct me and say no, it doesn't. <laughs> like, oh, there's a twelve years of Spanish dialogue out the window. <laughs> um. But I think that from memory, it will be Luca, for example, is Italian themed. Again, yeah. something that's very recently that was around a specific culture. Yeah. I just, I would die for a tapas restaurant in World Showcase. Yeah, preach. I, I hear that. Die for it. I'm such a tapas fan. Yeah. Sangria as well. Like, none of this box stuff. I'm like, give me the real stuff. That's what I want. Yeah. <laughs> um, don't get me wrong. I'll, I'll take the. I'll take the box stuff at Hoop any day. But yeah. Um, but yeah, so that's World Showcase. There's nothing really apart from Harmonious is going on in World Showcase, it's very, obviously we've got Ratatouille opening in France, but that's been in the cards for quite a long time. Um, then we have World Nature, which is where the land is right now, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. On, on the far left, of the far, the far um, 
west of the park behind world whenever you look at behind world showcase and the what it was all future world yeah and i so i think that I think that obviously is very, very evident that Disney folk, that Disney love what World Showcase is. And as well, I think it really taps into what guests enjoy about going to Epcot, which is, you know, I don't think it takes an, a, a genius to sort of work out. People love going to the Food and Wine Festival. They love yeah. going to the Best of the Arts Festival. And where are the center of these festivals is World Showcase. So if you have four extra areas of, the, of that park that are world pavilions or pavilions dedicated to an aspect of the world i.e in this case nature you could have another um another element to to another festival yeah so food and wine could become even bigger and across the whole park and not necessarily centered to um, world showcase definitely so it's in it's it almost feels like an internal competition to me of like well, what one's gonna like bring the next thing you know yeah um, what's really nice though is that I feel for me personally even on my days in the parks I I know that you like you're a future world kid like you you work in test track but for yeah. me I'll be honest as a guest I wouldn't really spend my time in that part of the park I felt like it mm-hmm. sort of needed that revamp that it's finally getting um whereas world showcase when when I'd look at world showcase I'd be like why would I spend my time in future world in the land when I can spend my time in world showcase um, so do you think it's do you think that the following that world template is going to be a good thing then I think it's a welcome change honestly I think mm. it really unifies the entire park and doesn't allow for this big separation of like I always thought as this is where the rides are and this isn't where the rides are. And it doesn't feel like that is that. I mean, that's, I, and I think a lot of people yeah, are yeah, the yeah. same as well. And I don't feel like that's the case anymore. Yeah. I mean, Test Track and Soarin' have been two of the like most popular rides in Disney history, but when it comes to theming and the actual integration of the land, things like Space 220 and Guardians are really going to amp up these parts of the parks and probably make a more enjoyable day in Epcot, I think. Yeah, and I think that it's it's. I just love the story of Marty Sklar and John Hench looking at what was supposed to be Epcot and what was supposed to be a separate park and thinking, should we just put them together? Yeah. <laughs> I love that story so much. But I get it is that they were designed then created as two separate parks yeah. put together and two separate half day parks to make one full day park. And like I said, previously I said a couple of times is synergy. That if they're able to synergize and have a consistent message of all the lands across the Definitely. park, it very much ties into what Animal Kingdom does so well, to what yeah. Magic Kingdom does so well as well, is that you are hub and spoke of the center of the park is, the, is in this case, the World Showcase Lagoon, and then around that is World Showcase Nature celebration and discovery. So I think it's going to be a really cool change as well. I think so too. I'm like Epcot is definitely the park I'm most excited about with this with mm-hmm. this 50th celebration i think I, i'm really loving this external light show that they've added like projection light show they've added gorgeous to, isn't it um spatial perth i don't think it's officially started yet has it? i think they're still in testing by the looks of things mm-hmm. um but i think i think that that's a really welcome change to things to get that that's that's a really good example of how we can take de- technology and blend it with an age-old attraction without changing it too much um, mm-hmm. I think sometimes ripping the insides out is just heartbreaking <laughs> but, but, but adding to something that 
I mean, didn't they do it years ago with the Death Star? They turned it into the Death Star, I think, didn't they? The yeah. And that um, was, I remember um, seeing that and thinking, why is this not being used more often? I think so many of us did. And I'm so excited to see the, what they can do with, with the Epcot ball. It's like, it's, it, it's revolutionary almost. Yeah, exactly. And I think that, like I said earlier on, is that this is, we have to remember that this isn't the 50th anniversary of the Magic Kingdom. It is, of course, but it's the 50th anniversary of Walt Disney World, the resort, which Epcot is very much at the center of. And Spaceship Earth is very much one of the primary icons of the entire resort. So getting that touch up and, of course, the um, the entrance to Epcot, too, compared to where it was with the um, Leave a Legacy Pavilion um, yeah. planets or whatever you want to call them, the big paves of stone with people's faces yeah, on yeah. them. <laughs> um, they, they three boys were on there, I think, weren't they? Something. Yeah, <laughs> I think uh, a few of our friends as well were on there, too. Um, and... But the fact that they got taken away really ties into something that I wanted us to mention around the comparison of one of my favorite sort of celebrations that I lived through and got the chance to go through was the, the Millennium Celebration at Epcot. And the, the, the Millennium Celebration at Epcot was really centered around things like Leave a Legacy and the focus on, you know, the whole, the primary song at the end of it was the tapestry of nations, people come together, celebrate the future hand in hand. So it says a lot that after, you know, illuminations went away with a focus on harmonious coming in and also getting rid of the Leave a Legacy um, planets. In the, with with that, all those things being taken away, it really sets, sets the standard that Epcot is moving away from Epcot 2000 and in the yeah. Epcot 2022, which I think is awesome. Yeah, no, uh, I think and, it's, and it's by all everybody knows from listening before, and everybody knows me. Epcot is my favorite park. I love that place, my happy place. So to see them doing such wonderful things to it is is I'm a big I'm a big fan of change. I think it's gonna be really good change. I think it's exciting. I think if if these decisions weren't calculated properly and they weren't as seamless as they are, apart from the massive landfill in the middle of. We'll celebration right now but we're ignoring <laughs> that that is that will all be worth it um i think it's like you said like the whole purpose of these parks and of the disney company is to continue to innovate and to grow and as much as i'd i'd love to be able to say okay we'll keep this one and we'll build a brand new version of it so i can experience the old one and experience the new one but that's not possible so we have to keep innovating and we have to keep rebuilding and um traditions stay in place and our memories stay in place but it's always great to make new ones as well we have to keep going back for something right so yeah um it's not a museum bradley not a museum <laughs> exactly exactly uh, just a couple of other things before we move over to harmonious is that we obviously we've mentioned that we've got the guardians coaster coming um a few things we know about that is that is a few things we know about that is that it is going to be uh one of if not the longest indoor coaster in north america i believe um and it's gonna have is that correct cool we're gonna go with it <laughs> i'm really sorry disney if i just made that up but hey i think it's true um but um it's gonna have a reverse launch as well which is super exciting and the ride vehicles are going to rotate 360 degrees and a really awesome aspect of it is that they are currently filming guardians 3 which whenever they film the for um the Guardians layover in Hollywood Studios, sorry, pardon me, on Tower of Terror in California Adventure. They filmed the scenes in, in that, in, um, what's that ride called? The Guardians ride in California Adventure. Um, Is oh, it? Rockets. 
the Tower of Terror that is now Guardians of the Galaxy. Is what yeah, yeah well, we'll go with that. I'm sorry to anybody who's a California Adventure fan. Yeah. I unfortunately never been there. I will be there one day. Don't worry, and I'll obviously learn the name of one of its most popular attractions. Yeah. Uh, but my point was going to be is that whenever they filmed those scenes, they filmed them during the filming of Guardians 2. So the fact yeah. that they're currently filming Guardians 3 means that they have all the actors on set um to be able to film the scenes for the guard for the guardians coaster exactly. in in epcot which is awesome it's a really that will be a really massive step forward because i know there was such a massive delay due to the fact that actors weren't going to be on set for many movies during the beginning of the pandemic that yeah. was the pro- that was the project's first really big delay yeah. and of course now that they're back on set it's a really big step forward the show building is absolutely ginormous as well i remember when I'd get the bus from car services at Epcot to go and play in the park for the day and just seeing them, obviously we're not allowed to take pictures or video or anything, but just to see the foundations being put down for that attraction was quite special knowing that this is probably going to be one of the most legendary Disney rides ever created. It is going and, to be insane. And the fact that they're using the, like the whole of Ellen it's just, yeah. a, it's just a queue. Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> that does scare me to how long they're expecting the queue line to be. Yeah, that's but... very true. Massive. <laughs> yeah, but um, no, it's gonna be it's gonna be awesome. And finally, we have the mm. Moana Living Water attraction that is um, has seen progression in its mm. construction over the last few months as well. So that'll be super exciting. Um, but as you are such an Epcot fan, Chris, and an Illuminations fan as well, uh, what's your thoughts on Harmonious? You know, so I, I love Epcot music. I absolutely love Illuminations, Tapestry of Nations, um, even Veggie, Veggie, Fruit, Fruit. I don't even care. I think it's great. <laughs> Uh, link in the bio for anyone that doesn't know <laughs> i'm not singing don't worry but i my thing is with with what i love about those is that epcot created a, a, a loads of music throughout the decades that people were able to enjoy them specifically epcot it was still disney music but it wasn't it wasn't something from peter pan it wasn't cinderella in you know in the 1980s yeah. and seeing disney music in epcot is a big change that i I wondered, am I a fan of this? Whenever I heard it was announced, and whenever they put part of your world at the end of Ep- at the end of Epcot Forever, I was a bit like, okay, well, I get this. I understand. I now understand what you're trying to do. This is the end of what old Epcot was. This is the thirty, the first thirty-two years of Epcot, or however long of Epcot, um, gone. Essentially, yeah. we are now going to try and be synergize it with the rest of the of the of the, of the resort. Yeah. Um, and you know, in that sense, I I am excited to see how they do it because I have every faith in the company and the creators of, that they'll be able to do it in the best way. I just am going to miss hearing Tapestry of Nations as you finish up. Whenever you hear "We Go On" at the end of Illuminations and yeah. walking around the resort, walking around World Showcase Pavilion, yeah. that those are my again. It's a very very nostalgic feeling. Those are my earliest memories that I remember as a kid. Illuminations was amazing. We were there the first year it, it, it debuted, yeah. and hearing the music as we left was a really big thing for me as you. a kid. Yeah, yeah, but I get it that I'm now closer to thirty than I am 
10, <laughs> put it that way. And I understand that there's going to be a lot of, that, that somebody else who's 10 years old, who's going to be going for the first time, sorry, four years old, who's going to be going for the first time during the, during the, 80, the 50th anniversary, that they're going to get to recreate those messages. And it probably will be more attractive to them. Should you hear go the distance or remember me or, um, uh, I don't, you know, like feed the birds from the UK pavilion. Yeah. What I think is awesome about Harmonious, though, Bradley, and like I mentioned earlier on, is that it's not just Disney music from, from randomly scattergun approach chosen. It's still from the World Showcase. Oh, exactly. Exactly. And it's still celebrating the, the elements of Epcot that are, that have, that, are, that do have a lot of Disney in them. And yeah. that is the World Showcase pavilions. I think I, I think that they had to be really careful with the selection of music they chose because the appeal to going to, on my programme, to choosing between Happily Ever After, Rivers of Light, Phantasmic or Illuminations was because they were so different in what each one offered. Um, Phantasmic had your your very classic style, uh, like classic films um, at the forefront of its music selection. Happily Ever After was very new and shiny. Illuminations was a completely non-Disney soundtrack. Rivers of Light, I won't talk about that, but um, but <laughs> I actually know the clips. I listened to the to the score just one day, and it is actually really really cool. Is I, it? I, go- I should have seen it. it. But I, yeah, I, I never I, saw it, but the score is gorgeous. I, I just think I'm hoping that there is enough of a separation between Harmonious and Enchantment. I'm going to try so hard to not listen to either until my next Disney trip. Um, but I just really hope, yeah, that they've hit the nail on the head with separating those. Um, so before before we go on about Harmonious and then while we're on the topic of the music, I'm going to play a little game with you. Okay. And I want you to do, it's like the first thing that comes in your head. Okay. And we're gonna go. We're gonna go round the world showcase pavilions. Okay. And I want you to say the first song that is associated, oh you think, with this pavilion. Okay. okay. We're gonna start. We're gonna go the right way to go around the world showcase pavilion, which is the left. Mexico. Mexico first. Yeah. yeah of course. It's Mexico. Remember me. Norway. Let it go. China. Reflection. Germany. I see the light. Oh, good shout. I was thinking I'm wishing for Snow White. Yeah. yeah it's Rapunzel German. That's really, really something you learn. Yeah. Every day. Um, Italy. Oh, oh. <sighs> I have no I idea. Oh, I've got one. I've got one. I've got one. Go Can on. Tell you? Go on. Um, I'm going to say When You Wish Upon a Star. Really? It, correct me if I'm wrong. Pinocchio is Pinocchio in Japan. Pinocchio's Italian, isn't he? Yes. Okay. It's so mm. funny what Italy I think is the pavilion that I struggle with most though to even associate a film with. Yeah, no, that's interesting, isn't it? So but the writer of Pinocchio was from Florence. So that's so uh, I'm kind of glad that my my <laughs> your knowledge is that <laughs> it, it worked. Um the American Adventure, and there's only one right answer to this, by the way, but go on. It's got to be a song from um, from The American Adventure, hasn't it? But I can't even think. No, I was going to say, I can't believe you agree. I was going to say Golden Dream. <laughs> They're not going to put Golden Dream will not be in the world. In our <laughs> I wish. I think that would be incredible. Um, 
I would say, I mean, the first one that comes to my head is Life is a Highway. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's, yeah. that's cute. I like that. I actually wouldn't mind a little little cars overlay in, in some part of American Adventure. Yeah, I agree. that's a good show. Um, Japan. It's going to have to be whatever song is from Big Hero 6, right? Yeah, San Francisco. But I can't remember it. That's fine. We can yeah. we can go we can go back to the drawing board in that one. Yeah. Morocco. Oh God, you see? There's not what the hell are they gonna choose? I'm not... so so obviously Agraba from Aladdin is a fictional place based on North Africa to Central Africa to oh, Central right. and Middle Eastern Middle Eastern um the crossover between the African borders and yeah. the Asian borders. So I would say a whole new world would oh, be okay. the one in my head. Nice. nice. From Aladdin. Um France. Um, Beauty and the Beast. Mm-hmm. Yeah, has to be. Yeah, I was thinking Sleeping um, Beauty actually come to my head first. Yeah, I was thinking. Um, I was I was trying to think of the most famous song from Sleeping Beauty. One day my prince will come. Is from Snow White, isn't it? Yeah. One day my prince will come. Yes, it is. Oh. Is Sleeping Beauty? I know you. Do, 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 do. Once upon a dream. Was that Snow White? Once upon a dream from Sleeping Beauty. Yeah, because uh, of course a dream, Sleeping Beauty. Yeah, makes sense. It does. Um, and then United Kingdom. Do you know? I would. I, I would say Mary Poppins. I was waiting for this one. It's going to have to be Touch the Sky from Brave because that is an epic song. Okay, I love yeah. that. Yes, and we should move away from classic London is the only thing that's in Britain exactly. and, and I know that Sophie would absolutely back that as well. She would and I mean the Scots don't get like any everyone that comes into the UK Pavilion think it's the London Pavilion so yeah no way. and then and then finally Canada. Have to be oh Canada from the 360 degree movie right? Like, it would have to be. <laughs> that would have to be what it was. <laughs> yeah, I, I love how I say from now. the 360 degree movie and not the national anthem but it just yeah. that is what it is for me. <laughs> Yeah, that was no. fun. I mean, I was no, really I awful at it. That was really fun. <laughs> no, dude, I I put you on the spot, but I think you smashed it. Don't worry. And just for anybody that's curious, currently the wait time for for, for um Frozen Never After is twenty five minutes. So no way. Get yourselves over there. <laughs> love it. I need to go over there right now. Uh, <laughs> um, but yeah, just a few other things about Harmonious. When I first saw the pictures of these barges, I was like, what is that? What is that in my lagoon? <laughs> Why is that in my lagoon? Where is my globe? Um, they're very big. And actually, like when I was doing some research for this episode, the barges are actually larger than Sleeping Beauty's castle in height and width. Well, <laughs> Cinderella's, it's Cinderella's castle or Sleeping Beauty's castle? It's bigger than it's Sleeping Beauty's. It's Sleeping Beauty's. Oh, can you yeah, imagine it was as big as Cinderella's castle? I was going to say, yeah. <laughs> no, the barges are as um, are bigger than Sleeping Beauty's castle in Disneyland in California, which is massive. Um, and I, they obviously, if you've seen any videos on Twitter or social media, the fountains that they use at night are actually doubling up as fountains during the day as well, which is great. Mm-hmm. I still don't know if I really like them there all the time. I think my thing is about what I love about World Showcase Lagoon is I always have this thing of if I'm in one part of a park, I always love to, to imagine 
well, this isn't just, this isn't my day. There's so much more to do. Yeah. And I used to get that feeling whenever I was, let's say you stood on the banks of the bridge between the France and the UK pavilion, which is a lovely, lovely place to walk past. You've got the water going underneath you towards the um, Epcot uh, hotel area. But you could always look across the water and see the gorgeous building of the American pavilion, exactly. or you could see the, exactly. um, the, the Japanese palace as well. And I, I wonder how, I, I obviously will have, we'll have to see it, but I wonder how much of the skyline will the barges take away from, from that? I think it's going to be Who quite knows? a lot. I mean, yeah. I one of the biggest draws for me in the Italian pavilion is the picture spot across the lagoon. And now I'm like, I don't ever want a picture in front of that big black barge. But, <laughs> you know, um, but we'll yeah. see. We'll see. I'm, I'm being completely optimistic about everything harmonious at Epcot until I get there and then we'll see then I'll get the real tea but I think I think think it'll be amazing I think I've got really high hopes for it yeah I think I was gonna say the show is the show from what we've seen in terms of the breakdown of I saw a preview on Park's blog um on their Instagram and they were talking to the people who wrote the score looks court it sounds incredible yeah I have I think I have a funny feeling that go the distance might be the primary song like it wasn't in um happily ever after which i am never ever going to say no to i don't know what part of you know that is still disney music around the world maybe not necessarily the world showcase but um yeah i'm a big fan of of that song and i'm sure that they'll do it they'll do a lot of justice definitely that's our parks the last thing that we want to touch on is these wonderful fab 50 statues um they basically are these gold plated statues that have been placed all around um, the four Disney parks. So in some parks, there's far more characters going on than in others. Like Animal Kingdom, I think there's three different statues. Whereas in Magic Kingdom, you've got mm-hmm. like 12 to 15. Um, but I will, I've, I've just written down a few in each park that I thought really stood out as um, fun characters to have. So Magic Kingdom, we have Gus and Jack from Cinderella. We've got Orange Bird. We have Lumber and Co- Lumber? <laughs> really done Lumber. Lumiere. Lumiere. <laughs> Lumiere and Cogsworth. Um, in Epcot, we've got Miguel, Pua and Hey Hey, Olaf and Bruni. Bruni is the little um, lizardy thing from Frozen 2. Yeah. Um, Rocket and Baby Groot and Figment. I would have been gutted if Figment didn't get a 50 statue. Oh, so really, yeah, yeah. I haven't got his moment. Um, Hollywood Studios, we've got Edna Mode, Joe Gardner from Seoul, and Frozone again, another major character to get his moment. Um, yeah. And in Animal Kingdom, we've got Nemo and Dory, just to keep repping Nemo the Musical, and uh, Bambi and Thumper as well. So there's some of the statues that I picked out that I just thought really are cool. And I think it's a really nice, like, legacy thing to bring to the parks. I'm not sure how long they'll stick around for, but I hope I can get there before they go. I think it will be for the for the duration of the 18th. Of the I hope so. 18th. For the 50th i think it must be um i think they look i think they aesthetically they look gorgeous like mm-hmm. they look they look really good yeah and i think that's such a key thing is that they're going to add so much to the to the bit to the how the park looks yeah. um i specifically love the way that it is again hub and spoke I, I, idea of how mickey donald chip and deal goofy and minnie are all in the center right beside yeah. the partner statue i think that's Definitely. awesome so um yeah I'm a big fan of, of of these coming in I think it's a really good touch. Same. 
Oh, I'm so excited, Chris. I'm, I'm so jealous yeah, man, April. Me too. I don't know when I'm going to get there, but I'm going to get there. I cannot wait for when I do. Um, so thank you all for listening to us blab about the 50th anniversary. I hope we've given you some insightful opinions and knowledge on what's happening. Um, we do have one final question that we have got from one of our Instagram listeners. Um, so Chris, we're both going to answer this. I'm going to ask you first because I still need to think about it. Okay. <laughs> um, if you could overlay any attraction, restaurant, resort with a 50th revamp, what would it be and why? Oh, I am actually smashed this probably. I'm not going to lie to you. Go on. I would, I would take either... Okay, I've got two. I'll give you two actually because they're both, quite, they're both bakery things. Okay. Main Street Bakery and strip it back to what it used to be and not make it a Starbucks on Main Street, bring it back to whenever it was the Main Street Bakery and have that old look. I think that would be awesome. Um, Or another thing I'd love to do is take the Boardwalk Bakery and have have that as a 50th homage to to all the classic treats that Disney used to create in... um, throughout the, the, the past 50 years mm-hmm. stuff that they mightn't you know they mightn't put out anymore and stuff that they mightn't you know make anymore having that having that that store dedicated to those things i think would be really cool that is awesome i love that you got food on the mind as well because yeah <laughs> all about the business stats, 100%. i'm not too sure how people would feel about starbucks going away um yeah i know i i, I used to love getting cinnamon buns and eating them into the side with my grandparents my mum and dad and like the smell that was always amazing yeah. but i do love starbucks at the same time yeah so it's <laughs> <laughs> it smarter you know we yeah should, we, what we love. i think this would this will never ever 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 happen and i'm pretty glad that it won't because god knows what they would do but i would for, just for the 50th anniversary and you've still got actually you haven't because by the time this is out we're there's no time um but I'd love in Figment's Journey to Imagination to be able to go into the touch and taste labs. That is wow. That is a great one. Right? Yeah. That would be and be awesome. able to actually and yeah, I agree. And even have Figment as a walkthrough attraction, that'd be quite cool. Imagine you get off and you walk through the touch lab and like Figment's just like like putting his hand through walls yeah yeah oh it'd be so cool also pretty creepy but um <laughs> i am here for it touch and taste labs get on it disney and bakery i'm all here for it but that is all we have time for i said we have time for we've been here for ages but oh, yeah. <laughs> but, um, it's too much to talk about it is it is and i really hope you've all um enjoyed listening and i just want to say thank you so much to chris for coming on as a guest host today i'm sure i'll see you again soon on another episode and yeah this has been another episode of confessions of a disney cast and thank you so much for listening don't forget to subscribe to our podcast follow our instagram and listen to all of the other episodes because they're just as magical as each other keep spreading the magic everyone and bye for now Thank you very much, guys. Have a good one.